Welcome to the Southside Trap Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra, and I'm bringing you a Chicago-centric soccer podcast focused on the Chicago Red Stars and the NWSL. Let's do this. podcast thank you all so much for tuning in and hanging out with me today it's your girl sandra and we're here to recap a chicago red stars victory y'all it feels good i gotta say um this is going to be a very special edition episode of the Southside trap podcast because uh, i have an interview with rory dames for you guys to listen to sort of at the end of this episode so i am going to actually very quickly recap the Chicago Red Stars versus the Utah Royals and maybe sort of talk about their game coming up against the Spirit um, on Sunday. Uh, And then we're going to close out with the interview uh, with Dames because, you know, my MO here, I like to keep things short and sweet as possible. Um, So just me today, guys. Uh, No Claire. Maybe we're going to figure out where Claire could sort of uh, come through and, and be on the show a little bit more with me she's going through the middle of a move right now so shout out to my homie claire i hope that's going well um but yeah the red stars won 2-0 against the utah royals and the chicago red stars are now undefeated in their last three games and of these last three games they've got two victories it's kind of nice right uh kind of went on a winless streak there for a little while and people had a lot of questions and a lot of concerns uh but the red stars are sort of pulling themselves together into this uh second half um last week we had to talk about some roster movement for the team there were some sad and unfortunate departures and there are now some new arrivals and morgan bryan and brooke elby who did not see time on the pitch this said this past Saturday, but hopefully we'll get to see them soon. Uh, Morgan Bryan did participate in warmups with the Red Stars uh, shortly before kickoff against the Utah Royals. But uh, in postgame comments, uh, Rory Day mentioned that there was some tightness in hamstring. So it was more kind of precautionary to just not have her go during that match. Um, so hopefully we can maybe see Morgan Bryan sooner rather than later uh, in the Red Stars jersey and see what she can bring to the team this year as they continue to make their push in this second half of the season. But it's a little bit of a difficult game to maybe recap because I'm not, I'm not going to lie. The, the first half of this match was uh, kind of stale, I, to, to put it nicely. There was not a whole lot there to really sort of discuss. Um, Almost a lot lot of stuff that I saw as far as the coverage is kind of like people thought it was kind of lifeless, maybe a little boring at times. Um, But that all changed in the second half. But to kick off this game, uh, you had Alyssa Nair and Nett. You had Aaron Gilliland, Katie Naughton, Julie Ertz, and Casey Short getting her first start of 2018, sort of rounding out the back line there. Uh, Nikki Stanton came on for Morgan Bryan to with the you know with the late scratch there to start off the midfield. Then you had Danny Colaprico 
uh, Michelle Vasconcellos, Yugi Nagasato, Alyssa Motts, and Sam Kerr rounding out that starting 11. And I've said it a, a few times already on, on this podcast, but that Nikki Stanton was has been somebody for the Red Stars that has really sort of um, come into her own and really helped create these significant impacts for the Red Stars like on these various games and uh, has just sort of really become kind of a key player for the Chicago Red Stars. And to see a player like Nikki Stan just be able to kind of come in, you know, and just do her job really just when asked to be called upon was, was really kind of cool to see. I, again, like most, like most of the players on the pitch on both sides of the ball, let me be clear about that on both sides of the ball. They all seem to have a bit of a better uh, second half versus the, the first half. Uh, I thought it was really interesting um, sort of heading into this match when the roster was first uh, announced it we're kind of we were kind of hearing in the press box that Chicago might have played around with the idea of a, a three back uh, but we didn't exactly see that too much in this match it's definitely still just sort of a four back but it was good to see that four back with uh, Casey Short uh, who out on the pitch getting that start who clocked in a full 45 for the Red Stars as she's coming back from her her ankle injury so building up her minutes her and Vanessa DiBernardo and um there were a lot of times where uh I felt Casey Shore was maybe kind of getting isolated and there were a couple times there where all of a sudden uh she would find herself sort of 1v4 against it was like Casey Shore versus like four Utah players uh Utah's presses the ball pretty heavily and so it was kind of cool to just see her sort of maybe get swapped with work out of uh, sort of those spots of uh, trouble and definitely found herself getting into the final third there and uh, definitely making her her mark known, known on the flank. And um, I think it can only get better with time. And players like Casey Short and, and Vanessa DiBernardo and even players like Brooke Elby and Morgan Bryan, for me, are just – they can only – be a happy addition and a better addition. They're not going to hinder what the Red Stars have going forward. It's only going to help improve that. So it's good to see these players coming out there, coming back from these sort of long injuries and and putting together these sort of solid performances. Um, but heading into the half 0-0, zero, zero, it, it kind of felt like Maybe this was going to be one of those like gross kind of possible scoreless draws of a game, but the Red Stars did not allow that to happen, and uh, they ended this game 2-0, but the reality is they could have maybe had some more goals, Uh, but it was really great to sort of see that continued sort of connection that Vanessa DiBernardo has to this Red Stars team, they came, she, she went ahead and uh, was a sub and they made a sub for her like right around the 65th or 66th minute and immediately scores a goal. She started and finished her own goal. It was a great give and go between her and Sam Kerr and just went up on the board. So I'm talking a lot about D. Bernardo's goal because I think it's, you know, it's kind of a big deal for a player, I think, to come off of such a significant injury and just make these sort of consistent 
impacts on this game, even though they're just these restricted minutes, you know. But v- Vanessa DiBernardo's goal ended up putting the Red Stars up to zero. It was Katie Naughton who actually nodded that like that first goal, which is great because it's like Stark came off a set piece and I not only do I appreciate like set piece goals, but I absolutely 100% appreciated defender goal. And uh, it was her first ever as a Red Star and an NWSL pro. So congrats to Katie Naughton on getting that first goal and congrats to Vanessa DiBernardo for sort of helping seal that, that win because Utah had some opportunities of their own to get on the board, but it just didn't happen. Um, so it was just kind of definitely a tale of two halves kind of match. Um, but it was sort of good to see the rest. I was just be able to turn it on in a game like that. Just a huge, huge three points, I think, off of, uh, you know, Utah Royals team that was coming off a pretty big victory of their own. They handed the NC Courage their first loss of the season. So I kind of imagined that Utah was going to be coming into Chicago with a little bit more uh, oomph behind them, just to put it vaguely. Uh, but yeah, just a, a big three points, and I think really important down the stretch um, because even though Carolina appears to be clearly running away with the league table, um, I think they're at like 33 points now as far as the league standings. But as far as second place, third place, or fourth place, those are kind of up for grabs right now. And it's just a matter of like two, one or two points that are just separating teams two from five and six, I believe. Um, So it's definitely going to get more fun down the stretch. I think when you're sort of those middle table teams or sort of those couple teams that are kind of on the outside looking in, these kind of games down the stretch are going to mean more and maybe be more impactful just because of the tiebreakers that may or may not come into play. So I think these last couple games in particular against Portland and Utah were pretty significant. It's good to see the Red Stars sort of have the performances that they have had um, in spite of all of the things that are kind of going on around them, whether it's um, players returning from injury and having their minutes limited or longtime players who were involved in trades or new players coming in. So um, it's going to be... It's going to be fun, and it's going to continue on Sunday against the Washington Spirit. Um, during that Royals game, Alyssa Nair uh, had a little bit of uh, tightness in her back. Um, at one point, Emily Boyd was warming up during halftime in the event that they needed to bring her on as a sub. And uh, in the interview that I have with Roy Daves, uh, he mentions that a little bit in passing as well. Um, But Emily Boyd had the start against the Washington Spirit in that really cruddy, um, rainy, five-hour delay of a game. Um, Not too sure um, what the extent of Nair's injury is or if it even is a significant injury or if it's just purely just some back tightness. But if Boyd were to get the start against a Washington Spirit team, I don't think that's a bad idea. If players like Brooke Elby or Morgan Bryan were to get a start or minutes against a Washington Spirit team, I don't think that's a bad idea either. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm on paper. Again, I think that this is a team the Red Stars should beat um, pretty readily and pretty handily. But this is the NWSL, and it's full of uh, 
unpredictable things. So we'll see what happens. If you don't have your tickets yet, if you're local, please try to get some tickets to head up to this game. If you love dogs, this is going to be the game for you. It's uh, Dog Day, Bark in the Park, Dog Day. I'm not too sure which way they're promoting it. But either way, there will be dogs, adorable ones, many different sizes. Everybody's going to have a good time. So definitely come through and pull up and say what's up and hello to the dogs and the Red Stars. Really quickly, going to end out this episode really quickly with uh, the interview that we had with uh, Rory Dames. Uh, took some time out of his very, very busy schedule um, from being a head coach of the Red Stars and sort of running the ECNL and basically being a father of two babies um, and chatted with me a little bit about uh, the Red Stars, sort of their current state and where they're sort of looking at heading into the future. And of course, we talked about some Star Wars stuff because you can't not talk about some Star Wars things with Rory Dames. And we even had a, a nice fun little chat about some World Cup stuff because I love me some soccer. And the Red Stars are all participating in a World Cup pool right now. So uh, we talked a little bit about that. So enjoy. All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap podcast. This is a special edition. I'm joined by probably the most uh, popular coach in NWSL history, right? I'm here with Rory Dames. Rory Dames, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for for being here with me and uh, taking the time to chat a little bit about the Red Stars. No problem. Happy to be here. All right. So I guess um, just to get it out the way, uh, you know, your your team is uh, kind of boring right now. Have nothing going on with them at all. Just a regular old team just sort of doing their job, huh? No trades or nothing to talk about or anything like that. But you guys are coming off of a couple of results here. You had – a draw against uh, Portland, and you're just coming off of a kind of a big win against Utah Royals here. And you guys are sort of putting together these performances sort of in the middle of uh, some big roster changes. Can you talk to me a little bit about sort of what you're seeing in the locker room and maybe how that's sort of impacting the team right now? Sure. Uh, you know, I've said this repeatedly over the last uh, two weeks. You know, we have a we have a good group of players in the locker room and a really committed group of players in the locker room. Um, you know, and a lot of the players in the locker room have been there and done it before. So uh, credit to those guys for the distractions that they, they had to go through over the last two weeks. Um, but they also know where we're at in our season and, and what we need to do and the goals that we've set for ourselves. And they've been able to uh, rally together along with the rest of the staff and uh, get focused on that and finally start to get some players back healthy and uh, starting to put it all together. I know that um, in sort of making these uh, trades, it's uh, where then Camo go to Houston, uh, Sam Johnson, and essentially the rights of Christian Price go to Utah. And in that, you guys uh, added on Brooke Elby from Utah and welcome back. Morgan Bryan to the Red Stars. And I know that Albie didn't get to see any time on the pitch this last game, nor did Morgan Bryan. She sort of tweaked something I believe you said in post game. It was just some tightness in the hamstring. But as far as these two players in particular, I'm just sort of wondering where you maybe kind of see them fitting in your Red Stars roster right now. 
Brooke was playing really well for Utah as a, an outside back. So we obviously think she has the skill sets to play on either side in the back. Uh, we also think she can play the 7 or 11 higher up the field for us. Uh, Lissa's back was tight towards the last 15 minutes of the game, uh, Lissa there. So the only reason Brooke didn't go is because we were we were holding the last sub in case Alyssa told us she needed to come, so we had Emily ready. Uh, but we're pretty excited about Brooke. She checked all the boxes for us, not just on the field but off the field, and uh, everything that we heard about her, both as a soccer player, a person, and a teammate, have definitely been true in the short time she's been here. So we're looking forward to getting her on the field this weekend and letting uh, the Chicago Red Stars fans see all the tools that she has in her kit. And Morgan is a different kind of presence for us, right? She gives us a little bit more flexibility in the midfield. She's different than the other midfielders that we have. She can play as a 6 and 8 or a 10. Uh, she can play higher up as a 10 and make last passes and make runs into the box and be dangerous. She can play lower as a 6 and be a ball winner and set play out of the back and help you keep possession. Or she can go box to box and do a little bit of both depending on who we choose to line up in the midfield on the day. So, you know, and the big thing about Morgan is, you know, Morgan's a World Cup winner and played played a big role in that. So getting to an NWSL semifinal or playing in an NWSL semifinal is not going to be the, the end-all be-all for her because she's been in more important and bigger games. So having that kind of experience is also important for us. I think uh, experience is, is kind of a, a big deal. I think a lot of times um... – the whole psychology aspect and mentality aspect of of a team sort of making a playoff push or sort of getting into those um, playoff situations, whether they're semifinals or finals, um, you know, it's important to sort of lock in. Would you say that sort of over the years you've, with your team and their growth that they have more experience, that they're ready to sort of, tackle on those mental hurdles in a more efficient way than they maybe would have been in the past? Yeah, for sure. I would say the the leadership of the group is definitely experienced now. So how you handle with the trades, how you keep the team focused, how you keep everybody on track, and you have to have a real good leadership group within your team in order to be able to do that. And I think we're fortunate that we do have that. Um, and then, you know, the experiences of being in the semifinals and we, uh, it's not lost on us how disappointed the fans are when we lose in the second overtime or we lose on a corner kick in the 90th minute of the semis. Um, but times that by about a thousand and that's what the players and the staff feel. So, you know, those, those feelings are still inside of us. You know, they don't go away. Um, and usually we come out of the gates pretty quick and then tend to fade down the stretch. So, we're hoping to flip that script a little bit this year. Now that we're getting people healthy and and find a little bit of a little bit of momentum and uh, get ourselves where we want to be heading down the stretch. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I know coming into this season, um, you guys were faced with a lot of adversity to begin with, just in in terms of having various players, you know, on the injury reports heading into the season, and then having uh, Sam Kerr sort of away on uh, qualifiers, and then um, FIFA windows in between there with um, having players going off to national team camps and stuff. Would you say that your team is in a better position now into this second half versus at the start of the season? <laughs> uh, yes, I would. 
um, I think if we're going to use a comparison, if you go back to the start of last year, we basically returned our entire group intact. So we got out to a fast start because there wasn't much of a learning curve. I think when we came in this year, we've made no secret that wanting to change our, our style of play a little bit and some of the principles that we use. Um, and then you lose Casey and you lose Vanessa. And then we lost Yuki. And I think people always forget that Julie missed the first, I think, nine games. So those are some very influential players for us, regardless of how we're trying to play. And then when we had drawn up what we thought we wanted to do this year, obviously those guys were all in the mix. Um, so it took us a while to, to sort ourselves out and find that balance. You know, I think it was after the Orlando game that I had told you and John that we were stuck a little bit between two mind fronts. And, uh, you know, that following game we went and played Washington and we came back and played Portland and then Utah. And I, I think we started to figure out, um, maybe not necessarily who we want to be long-term, but who we need to be in the here and now. And the players have bought into that and uh, put in three really good performances in a row. So, but it was always going to be a, a learning curve when, you know, Kristen and Sam are two completely different players. So there's going to be a learning curve with that, a learning curve with how we line the group up this year, um, internally within the team, the hierarchy and the pecking order, uh, you know, Julie taking over the team as the captain, and then she got hurt, and then Vanessa is the number two, and then she got hurt, so Alyssa jumps in. So it's uh, it was definitely the most challenging first half of the season that I've had um, in my time in the league, but I think that we'll definitely be stronger for it as we go down the stretch. You know, with coming into the, the season, you know, the, there was sort of this narrative on the team about, you know, you have this similar group of players returning, um, you know, a team that's been in the semifinals a number of times, sort of, you know, won and bounced, and then having all the injuries and now um, throwing in the mix with the 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 multi-team trade, the mid-season trade, the addition of, of Morgan Bryan with all the roster movement. And I don't know how much of it you pay attention to or don't or, or, your, or your players, if how much they pay attention to it or don't, but there's been like this – there's a weird narrative out there of, you know, sort of maybe conceding the season or sort of maybe waving a, a white flag. Um, maybe the locker room is not where it's supposed to be. Um, what's your response to that, or what do you think your players' response to that is right now? You know, for a, a coach to come on, no matter what I say, people are going to view it as uh, what I'm supposed to say. I would just simply say the last two games, I think show the intent of the team, where the locker room's at, what the group believes they're capable of, and uh, what our what our intent is down the stretch. So we're not a we're not a throw the towel in kind of team. Um, and uh, if if we would have thought any of the changes that we made were going to prevent us from doing what we wanted to do, we wouldn't have done it. Um, so our goal, obviously is to not just make the playoffs, but to get beyond the semi and get to the final and win the league like every other team in the league is. And we wouldn't have made moves at the midway point that would hinder that or prevent us from being able to do that. No, yeah, I would agree with you. Just um, sort of being on the ground there with you guys over the last couple of games, um, various players who were, you know, good enough to take the time to, to talk to some of us about sort of what's been going on, um, I thought it was pretty evident and pretty clear from 
certain players that, you know, the message is pretty much the same. Um, kind of big, like piggybacking off of what you just mentioned right now, just that everybody's sort of unified and focused right now at this moment as far as moving forward and making that sort of second-half playoff push with this team, especially with getting players like uh, Casey Short back and, you know, getting Vanessa DiBernardo back. And they just seem pretty pretty locked in for the most part. And I think um, for these two other types of teams that you went up against, you know, with Portland Thorns and Utah Royals, I think that's actually uh, pretty huge. And considering with the schedule coming up, you guys kind of have a bit of a grinder coming up with Sunday, July 1st, and you've got an away game with Carolina in the midweek, and then you've got um, Sky Blue coming up. So I'm kind of imagining that training is kind of going to be maybe difficult or slim for you guys this week. How are you sort of going to be dealing with this week coming up for you guys with the three-game week? Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to be smart and manage the players. I mean, our, our roster is uh, a little low at this point, so – you know, we'll go one game at a time. When you when you get caught trying to look too far ahead in this league or try to get cute with what you're going to do on Wednesday and try to manipulate that on Sunday, it usually bites you. So we'll go one game at a time, and after each game, we'll reassess the the players and where everybody's at and then make the decision for the next game. And as far as the schedule goes, you know, I, I told Arnhem at the beginning of the year before we started that this was by far the worst schedule we've ever had. And it was asking a lot of the group to, you know, the, the fact that we had the six games so quick, so early, although we kind of got through them, it was always going to take a toll on us in games nine, 10 and 11, because we used the same 14 players to get through those games. So we got a little bit of a break at this last uh, international slot, but no, and it's not even a Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, we're going Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. So it's a lot to ask as is uh, playing the last four games on the road, but not to be redundant, but it's, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty mature and confident group in that locker room. And they know where we're at and what we need to do. And like I said, we'll just go one game at a time and we couldn't control the schedule. All we can do is play the schedule we were given and and that's what we'll have to do. Yeah. I I just, at the end of the day, you don't really have a choice, right. But to play the schedule that's in in front of you. Right. Um, I think, for all of the everything that's sort of been happening with the team, the, the injuries coming into this season, the the big trades that have sort of happened, um, I think the sort of maybe bigger story in between all of this stuff is uh, sort of some of the players and the depth of this roster that has sort of kind of stepped up and come to, like through and really shown the type of players that they are and who they are just as athletes and to this team in in particular, um, just by kind of answering that call of next man up, right? And um, I want to talk a little bit about maybe a couple players with Sarah Gordon and also Nikki Stanton, who I think is a player that gets lost a lot in that uh, first big trade that you guys were a part of. Um, I think she's a player that's really sort of come on for you guys and sort of really adopted the mindset of sort of, uh, the culture that you guys try to, um, you know, implement there and have sort of built up um, as the Chicago Red Stars. Can you talk to me a little bit about what Nikki Stanton has been producing for you guys this season? Yeah, absolutely. Nikki's been fantastic. Um, I think we were a little bit fortunate that Mopsy and V had both played with her in Australia. So 
we had a little insight into her from those guys about how she would fit in with us, her style of play. Um, you know, it's hard to base how people will fit in with our group based off what they do with other teams in the league. So to be able to get that kind of insight was huge for us. And uh, Nick's been fantastic. And Nick is a, Nick is a stereotypical throwback red star. When you think of Sitch and Seth Canarina and um, little Mickey, you know, she's that kind of a player. She's a, she's a great Chicago athlete because she's blue-collar, hard, shows up, does her job, busts her butt, never complains, does whatever the team needs her to do, goes home, shows back up the next day, and then does it again. So she's been outstanding, um, and she's, she's even better off the field as far as how she is in the locker room, how she is with the group. So I know uh, the perception-wise that Sam was the big, the big deal in the trade, uh, but Nick's been just as significant for us, if not more significant for us, since, you know, we lost Sam for some of the games in the beginning for her qualifying. So very fortunate to have Nick, uh, just like this weekend when, you know, we went back into the locker room after the warm-up and we're like, Nick, you're in. So she had about a total of three minutes to, to get herself ready and go. And I think it took the first half to find her way into the game. But, you know, I thought we really came into the game in the second half because her and Danny got a hold of the midfield. Um, and that's a credit to both of them. So very, very happy with Nikki and, and what she's brought to the team. And, you know, Nikki's got a huge upside, too. She gets better every week. So people haven't seen close to, to her top end, and that's great for her and that's great for our team. I know with Sarah Gordon, uh, there have been moments where you've had to sort of slot her in as a center back or she's put in time at the outside back. So with Casey sort of returning and um, the arrival of, of Brooke Elby, where do you maybe sort of see Sarah Gordon's role within this team right now? Yeah, I think Sarah, you know, Sarah's probably the most improved player on the team from last year. But I think the thing with Sarah is just her confidence. You know, when we went to North Carolina, put her in the center back against, I think, what a lot of people would consider to be a pretty formidable front line and uh, never got in behind us, held her own, both physically and uh, soccer-wise. And she came into the game also this weekend, and in the first 10 to 12 minutes of that second half, got herself end line twice, once got us a corner, once got a ball across, and kind of pushed Utah onto the back foot. So, you know, defensively, um She's very hard to beat. She's quick. She's fast. She's strong. Uh, you know, she's had one game where she was a little bit off this year. But other than that, she's been outstanding. Uh, and, and that, you know, that made it easier to do some of the things that we did a few weeks ago because of the development of her, Sarah and what she's been able to do for us. So I think she's probably better centrally than she is out wide. And she allows us to do some different things in the attack when she is central because of her pace. Um, but sometimes we need her in the wide spaces to get up and down the flanks. And as Casey's continuing to work herself back, um, we'll probably pivot Sarah between playing central and playing wide. If if I asked you to sort of give, if, if everyone was healthy, let's say that everyone's healthy and 100% or full fitness, whatever you want to call it, and if I asked you to give me your ideal starting 11 for your team right now, would you would you give it to me? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I had a try. I had a try. Yeah. Yeah, no. Because <laughs> I think, Jose. well, because thinking about it, like before you and I hopped on this call, I was thinking about it, and I was just like, God, I, if everyone on this roster is per, like pretty much like full fitness, kind of running into some 
hard decisions here. You know what I mean? As far as like who you want, you know, running in and, and, and starting off your team on the right foot and stuff. So I was just like, you know, I'm going to try and maybe see, see if I can get it out of him. But fair enough. I'll take that out. I'll set something now. I know just to talk about some, some fun other off the cuff, like soccer stuff at the moment. I know that you guys, like a lot of other people did like a, a world cup draw and a world cup pool and you show you got Germany. If I remember correctly. I did, and I drew late too. They let they let the coaches all go last, and I think one of us got Portugal, one of us got Argentina, and one of us got Germany. So, how are you feeling about Germany uh, right now at the moment? <laughs> I, I feel much better after that free kick. I can tell you that, uh, and probably better than the coach that drew Argentina's feeling, um, and probably a little bit less stressed than the coach that had Portugal after today's game. But yeah, it's been fun. You know, the, that's. Alyssa Maris set that up, and the group's really bought in. She's our quote-unquote commissioner. So we've had people try to make some <laughs> trades and move stuff around. So it's uh, it's been fun to watch. They're taking it pretty serious. But I think the the most enjoyable thing about it is how engaged all the players are with the actual games and what's going on. And um, there's, a, there's a group text purely for the, the World Cup stuff. And wow. every time somebody's team goes ahead of somebody or – I think Alyssa Mott has Mexico. So yes. after Mexico <laughs> after Mexico beat Germany, suddenly suddenly Alyssa's firing stuff at me and I'm like, wait a minute, what just happened? So Yes, well it's been, it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. <laughs> well, I think I need to have Alyssa Mott on the next stuff. <laughs> we talk about yeah, Mexico yeah, soccer. <laughs> she's feeling good about it right now. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, I'm sure today that group that group text was probably blowing up a lot right now with this these last couple games, the Spain game and the Portugal game and Iran and Morocco. I can only imagine. I know you yeah. I know you've you've got a pretty busy schedule right now with you know, obviously the season's in full force right now with NWSL. I know you handle a lot of the stuff with E C N L and uh you're dealing with a newborn as well. So you've got kind of a really, really packed schedule at the moment along with being a coach being a dad on top of all of that um have you had a lot of time to watch like a, a lot of the world cup games or yeah actually the the early games i have i get up with my daughter and we watch and all she knows is um not to stir a big debate but number seven on the the red team is the best player so it's uh. actually been funny watching her and how engaged she is. Um, she was very upset when he missed his PK today. So, uh, yeah, so that, that's also been fun. So I've been able to catch the morning games, and depending upon when training is, uh, we can get him in the locker rooms at Toyota Park. So we'll either catch the beginning right before we go out or catch the ends. Um, so, yeah, it's been uh, – it's definitely been entertaining. You know, the, the VAR changes some things, and when they're calling penalty kicks that they wouldn't have called, and others have all the games open up a little bit, and it brings the games to life a little bit. So I've enjoyed, uh, I've enjoyed it so far for sure. I mean, I thought that that last set of games today was crazy. You know, as a neutral, it was fun to sit back and watch, but if I was a big supporter of one of those teams, it would have been tough. Would have yeah. been tough. Uh, Crushing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, but I think VAR is uh, the VAR stuff is the. Uh kind of cool and I actually think it's uh, playing out a lot better in this World Cup I think than people were sort of anticipating I know there were a lot of people out there that were sort of kind of against it which I thought was kind of weird it's like wouldn't you want like more accurate and fair like officiating and calling uh, but I guess some people just thought it was going to maybe slow down the game a bit or something like that but I've, I've kind of been 
enjoying it. I'd rather see a game get called correctly than sort of have all that mysterious drama around it. And I know you're no stranger to having gone on the record before in the past about certain officiating stuff. Is that something that you'd like to maybe see implemented in the women's side of the game eventually? Yeah, I think the soccer purists will always be uh, probably against it. Um, but as a coach and a coach in a, in a high level league, um, I would rather see the call be made correctly than have it be left to chance. And, but the game continues on the floor doesn't get disrupted. I, I think all of us, um, it helps, it helps the referees as long as the referees aren't feeling like there's somebody looking over their shoulder, but there's actually somebody there to help them get it right. And I, I think a lot of the time, um, in our league anyway, you know, when, when we think the referee got something wrong and you have like, the ones that will have conversations, you're like, hey, oh, yeah, you know, when you hey, we got that wrong. It's like, okay, you know, fair enough. You know, I got that sub wrong, so we're even. But it, it's, it humanizes it. But when you get the, the hands put up and too good to have conversations and no, no, no way we got it wrong, and then we go back and watch the, you know, the technical view of the game or the replay of the game and they clearly did get it wrong, you know, I think those are the the issues that are a little bit frustrating. So would I rather have the game stop for a little bit and have it have them get it right, regardless if it's for me or against me? Of course. Right? Of course we would. Because at the end of the day that's everybody just wants consistency in how the games are officiated and to get it right more than it's gotten wrong. So I would like to see that come into it. So I don't know if I'm in the majority or the minority, but I would not have a problem with it. Same. I think I would agree with you on all that. Uh, I have to ask, so coming, coming up this week against the the Washington Spirit, you guys have a, a theme day. It's, it's dog day at the park, park in the park, or whichever way it's being pitched. But I guess what I really want to know is, what do we got to do to get a Star Wars night on the Red Stars? I know. The fire had one last year and sent me all kinds of stuff. It was amazing. So I don't know uh, I don't know who's in charge of that in the front office, but... I'm sure I can find a good, a good outfit to wear to to coach the game on that night. So, do you own you, do you own like various like full like do you have like a like a stormtrooper suit? Just be honest, putting you on the record. Here. <laughs> I do not, but I I know where one can be obtained quickly if it was ever needed. So, wow! So you have um, nice. So you have the costume shops on speed dial. That's cool. <laughs> I, I I would be okay with. Being in character for a game, if we had a Star Wars night, for sure. I think that's uh, something that they got to look into. Then maybe coming up, maybe they can squeeze one in, do like a dual night. So were you able? Yeah. To go, were you able to go see uh, Solo? <laughs> and all again, I know you're extremely busy. Maybe you might not have. You know, I have not yet because my daughter has actually gotten into the most recent Star Wars with Ray and BB-8. Okay. So it's uh, weird that. I was all gung-ho and ready to go, and then taking back, um, I'm just starting to get her up to speed on the old Star Wars, and um, she's not quite as excited about those because there's no Ray, and I'm okay with that. But I want her to, to go through the process and really learn who Han Solo is and what he was, and if I have to wait a little bit so when I see it for the first time I can see it with her, I'm completely okay with that. I think that's fair enough. I know there was a lot said out there about it, like, uh, critics-wise, but I don't think there's anything wrong with slowing it down. It's going to be around, and by the time that like by the time you finally get to sit down to see whether who knows, it'll probably be something else out for you guys to catch up on together with as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, Rory, that's all I got for you today. I want to thank you again 
so much for taking the time and uh, talking with me about all sorts of Chicago things, general soccer things, and, of course, Star Wars things. I'll see you at the game this Sunday, okay? Sandra, thank you very much, and we appreciate all of the work that you do and all the coverage that you give the team. So we're very grateful, and keep up the great job. Thanks a lot, Rory. Have a good one. You too. Okay, just want to say thank you once again to Head Coach Roy Dames um, for sitting down and chatting with us. And I hope that everybody has an awesome rest of the week. If you want to follow me and more of my shenanigans, you can do that on Twitter at Sandrera underscore. That's H-E-R-R-E-R-A underscore. If you're a fan of the Southside Trap podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at Southside Trap Pod. That's when one letter P, guys, Southside Trap Pod. Thanks so much for your love and support. See y'all next time.